Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Friday Grid, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of the OEA. Friday Grid is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Well, this morning we are joined by the irreplaceable Ivy Riggs of our Legislative and Political Organizing Center. Good morning, Ivy. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Um, let's talk about special session because we can't go very long without one. We have another one starting Monday. Uh, give us a preview of what's happening. So this special session was really unavoidable. It wasn't uh, it wasn't anything the legislature could have avoided. It wasn't anything the governor could have avoided. Uh, the reason for this one is because the census information came in late. Um, I read an article yesterday saying it's the latest it has ever come in in U.S. history. Oh, so I don't, I have not read what the what the reason for that is. We just know since this information came in late, and our constitution requires that our legislature during the session leading up to that uh, has to pass redistricting policies and and seats and all of that. Well, then since this information came in late, and then they didn't match. Uh, yeah. You know, each seat has to have a certain number of of uh, residents in it, and and lots of things like that. So this one. Uh, in particular, was not because of anything anyone in Oklahoma did that that could have been avoided. So this is solely to uh, use the census data that came in and update the legislative and congressional seats. You know, Carrie, I was starting to think of last week when we talked to Dr. Crispin, and was it? Did he talk about the? Maybe it came in late because of the a lot due to the pandemic and just yep. being able to collect right. census data. Yeah. Um, and make that sure it's yeah. So um, there's been chatter uh, about like, could the legislature do some extra bonus stuff? Um, and the answer is no, right? The answer is no. The, the only two ways that extra bonus stuff uh, officially, I'm sure that's yeah, the title. I like, the, I like that term, extra bonus <laughs> uh, stuff. The, the, there are two ways that, that that could be included. And the governor would have to amend the call so to include something else, and, and he has not done that, mm -hmm. or two thirds of both chambers would have to ahead of times, like, I don't know that it has to be a sign off on a letter, but that's the scenario I've heard before, mm -hmm. uh, but they would have to agree ahead of time, two thirds of both chambers. Now just good luck and imagine all those cats being wrangled <laughs> ahead of time without an organization and whatever. Right. Uh, they would have to sign off saying they wanted to address a, a particular topic. And that also has not happened. So Ivy, with a special session, my favorite is whatever number they give it, it gets an X behind its number. That's my favorite. Because it's uh, extraordinary. Uh, yes, yes. The bill, the bill number, whatever it is, it gets an X behind it. And yes. sometimes it gets two X's or whatever. And so how, so do they just go gavel in, meet, uh, gavel out, just... That's or or does it run like any other session runs? Um, more so like any other session. It's not going to look exactly the same, but the gaveling in on Monday will be the first reading of all of those bills. There will still have to be four readings of all the bills. I mean, there, there's no there's no avoiding that, and there still will be committees, and there still will be all of those things. Where this one is going to be a little different is the timelines can be a little different. 
yeah, I don't think we're going to see amendments like we would normally see. Um, no, that's a possibility that we will, but I, I just don't anticipate a lot of that. Um, I will say uh, the Senate hasn't even said what time they're starting on Monday. The House is starting at 10 a.m. just to basically gavel in and it, it will act as the first reading of all of the bills, right? So, but here's, a, here's another little, uh, it, it makes me laugh a little bit. I'm sure it's not funny to a lot of people, but um, the chambers are under construction. So there is nowhere in the building that could allow for public viewing that will fit all of the House members for them to be in person. So for the House specifically, um, they're going to be in a in a meeting room pretty crammed in there from what my memory of that meeting room is, unless it's been under construction, too. And it could have been and I just haven't seen it in a while. But I don't think so. I, <laughs> I really think it's going to be a pretty small ish room for 100 people. Um, and so it's live stream only for the House. For the Senate, we just got an alert this morning. I thought it was very timely. It still says the Senate still has no start time for Monday. Um, there are some benches on the east side of room 535. That's where Senate, uh, a lot of Senate committees are. Mm -hmm. And the east benches will be available for uh, public seating. It also will be live streamed. So if, so if you don't want to cram yourself into a room that isn't meant to have that many people crammed into it, then watch a live stream. Um, the podiums at the front will be, will, be, will be where bill presentations are. There will be no microphones on the tables. So... Mm -hmm. If people now want to you're talk, going to be like squishing them in there. I kind of think so. Um, so, so it's going to be tricky. So I say it's kind of like regular session, but in a lot of ways it's not. And in a lot of ways it is. I know that's confusing, but this is a, just a pretty wonky one for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And you said, uh, when you said benches, I thought they were going to have it outside, which I thought oh, would no. be like <laughs> way back in the beginning of our days. You know, how cool no, because that the they're also under construction. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, that there is going to be some serious jockeying about who sits where when you're sitting that close to people. Like, yeah. it is going to be, I mean, it's going to be like church when you don't want to sit by certain people, you do want to sit by certain people, and everybody's in those pews real crowded. It is going to be, I hope there's no singing. <laughs> uh, so oh how many my, how many i do yeah, um, I think how many bills are they expecting to have what will come out of this so there are six bills filed right now uh two in the house and four in the senate and the two house bills are well yeah the two house bills are basically just to do what the governor's called it uh one is going to set the boundaries for house seats and one sets the boundaries for congressional seats period okay. that's it now the Senate has one to set boundaries for Senate seats, and I'm assuming they're going to take the House bill for congressional seats because they don't have their own to do that. Yeah. So, so that's my assumption. Then they've got three more that are, I'm gonna say election adjacent. Um, <laughs> to, be, to be honest, I am, I've not been a part of redistricting in this role. So um, I'll tell you, this could be totally normal and I just don't know. Um, I do lean towards shenanigans for, you know, sometimes. So, so, so let me just tell you what the other three bills are going to do and, and we'll see, we'll see what goes. One is adjusting to allow county commissioners to be registered to vote in their district by December the 31st of this year for next year's elections. Um, so 
What does I don't that know mean? how that has to do with redistricting. <laughs> so, so that's my deal. I don't think that's a shady idea to set a date, but I wonder what it has to do with redistricting. And so maybe the maybe the governor's call did allow for that in a way I, I'm just not aware of. So mm-hmm. we'll assume we'll assume good intentions. That always works out. Yes. Um, uh, Senate Bill Four, the next one. Um, takes uh, county election boards, uh, says that they are going to conduct all of their elections after, on or after April the 5th of 2022. And that's to allow all of the election boards to uh, load all these new seats that are just gonna be approved next week. So that's something I hadn't thought of that makes total sense to me. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, every time it changes, you know, all of their stuff is set on all of the old seats. So that's going to be, you know, redrawing lines and looking at uh, voting lo- locations and, you know, all of those things. Because it's it just sure. around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So they're giving them until April 5th to allow for that. So we won't see February elections and we won't see, you know, things like that. Yeah. And then the last one says um, any candidate may change parties by December 31st, 2021 to run in 2022. Oh, so hang on, okay. <laughs> because wasn't the, the date recently to change parties like in October? Mm-hmm. And so this, this uh, I assume it's going to be Senate Bill 5X. <laughs> well, so right now they're just listed as five. Five. There's, there's five. No, so, I, I wanna, um, I'm going to give it an X okay. um, <laughs> just because I want to. Um, so this would even extend it a little bit longer to change party. It will. And so you do wonder at motivation. You do wonder mm. at, at reasoning, but mm. you know, there's no reason to assume bad intent. Yeah. I guess. Ill intent, yeah. no. We we ass- we always assume good intent. Right? Always. Well, we'll have to we'll have to watch because I'm not going in any of those rooms. It'll be interesting to watch next week. So I have had members reach out and say, what day should I go? What, you know, I, I, I wish I knew. And, and you're not going to be able to watch it. If you're just really wanting to see people in person, then I would, my, my advice would be call ahead, Uh, call those offices. If you've got cell phone numbers to your legislators and you have that kind of relationship, reach out to them and ask them when they might be available. But uh, then you're going to have to find somebody somewhere in that building with good Wi-Fi if you're actually wanting to uh, watch. And that's that's kind of tricky when it's not under construction. So um, I'm not saying don't go. I'm just saying it's going to be um, it's going to be unusual, and yeah. it's going to be tricky if you're actually wanting to watch. So, so Ivy, we talked a little bit about the process. So, will these just go straight to the floor, or will they have to go through committee meetings? They will have to go through? to committees. Right now, committees okay. are planned for. Uh, they they are actually scheduled. If you go to committee meeting notices, there are no agendas yet for those committees but they are scheduled for both Tuesday and Thursday. So my guess is they'll gavel in on Monday. Very little will happen. On Tuesday, they'll meet for committee. They'll approve these bills. They'll flip-flop. On Wednesday, they'll pass Mm -hmm. or be voted on. How about that? Mm -hmm. Then they'll go to opposite chamber committee. Okay. On Thursday, they'll then be voted on an opposite chamber on Friday will be done. That is my prediction. That is not based on actual knowledge of redistricting sessions. 
So what committee does such a bill go to? So they're specially assigned committees. These are committees okay. that don't exist in any other time. Not like they've the just, rules or comments. They've just been named. Basically, the gotcha. pro tem and the speaker named who they wanted to put on these committees. Okay. And so you can go and look at the list of the people. And it's, it's a, you know, it's a mix. So it's not a, it's not an existing committee. Well, we will, we will definitely be watching and see, to see how it goes. So thank you very much, Ivy, for the preview. Um, we appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So let's just take some time and catch up with Catherine. You know, Carrie, uh, this week on Thursday was Veterans Day. Yes. Just, I loved seeing all the pictures that everyone posted of their mm -hmm. favorite veteran. Uh, you know, my favorite veteran is, uh, I have two, my dad and my father-in-law, Chuck Bishop, that I never got to met. So super important uh, that we celebrate our veterans and the service that they uh, give, they gave, give, gave to our country. And um, so many of our veterans are, are educators and yes. uh, uh, not only teach, but uh, go get called to duty and come back and forth. And it's amazing to what you know, they give. My uh, first grader's teacher is a veteran, <sighs> career military. So, so shout out to Miss Cooper. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I mean, it's so impressive to me that people that serve twice, that they choose yeah. to serve in both ways. So yeah. we are just very appreciative of them. Yeah. And, then, and then coming up this week, oh, it's one of my favorite weeks. American Education Week is coming yeah. up. That is November 15th through the 19th. Yes. A little known fact here. Uh, in 1921, the National Education Association, along with the American Legion, uh, formed American Education Week. Um, oh, and it was, yeah, and it was a week designated to raise awareness for public education and the importance of education um, in the United States. And then over the years uh, today, there's other 13 other national organizations that have joined on to help celebrate this. So this is a time that we need cool. to be celebrating our educators, public education, and, and what we provide for um, our next generation that's that's that we're that we're teaching, we're reaching and we're teaching and we're inspiring. Yes. Um, and then oh, even another see, these are all my favorite times uh, <laughs> of the year. And then Wednesday, uh, November 17th is National Education Support Professional Day. It get out and and say thank you. Uh, send a note. Uh, send some flowers, send candy Man. to your favorite uh, education support professional. Uh, as a special education educator, uh, I had the fortunate pleasure to have two paraprofessionals that I worked with in 22 years. Yes. I had two, and they were fabulous, uh, Judy Tyson and Debbie Cook. And uh, they were the glue that made our team teamwork. And, and our education support professionals, we... They, they are the glue that keeps our schools together, uh, our, our kids being transported to school safely every day, food service that provides nutritional meals for our uh, students, 
Our buildings have been, oh my goodness, the work that our uh, custodial uh, staff has been doing to make sure that our schools are clean and safe and sanitized. Carrie, I know you always talk about uh, your daughters and uh, during the pandemic, and that was their favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Was to... was going to pick up meals, and yeah. that was their that's their people. You know, like yeah. those are my people. And golly, the, especially this year, the staffing shortage. We think about the bus drivers that are doing double routes, that are doing yeah. overtime to get kids to yeah. their field trips, and the especially the cooks who are dealing with these food shortages and still having to fit in those. Get all the requirements that, yeah. And they're, and they're doing it and feeding kids and getting it done. And I just, if, if ever there's a year to pat everybody on the back, good grief. (laughs) Yes, this is it. And to, to make sure that we recognize our education support professionals. So happy national ESP day. Yes. Uh, to all of my favorite peeps out there. And, and then last but not least, just to kind of, I know it's November, but December's coming up. Yes. And uh, it, it kind of it kind of sneaks up on us, but to file for school board, yes. uh, filing for school board is December 6th through the 8th. The elections aren't until February and April, but mm-hmm. you, you've got to file. And so this, what a great opportunity for uh Patrons, uh, educators, if you don't if you don't live within the district you work, mm-hmm. um, great opportunity to run for your local school boards. Uh, Carrie, I know you as a school board member, uh, the importance that you play with Oklahoma City Public Schools. So it's, thank you for doing that. Thank you. It's so rewarding. And let me tell you, um, the pay is phenomenal. Uh-huh. I hear that. <laughs> the volunteer job, everybody. <laughs> but man, we, uh, there are some races that um, go uncontested or no one files, or, I mean, these are just such important um, roles in our communities. It's a great way to serve not only your community, but the children of your community um, and your neighbors. So consider running. It is, it is uh, an eventful time in school board governance, but it's always worthwhile, always, always. So do it to it. Well, we want to say thank you so much to Ivy Riggs of our Legislative and Political Organizing Center. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also connect with us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.